Hey friends, today on Undercurrents, I am talking to Sarah Barlow. Sarah is the photographer for many artists that we know and love, including Taylor Swift, Pharrell, Halsey. On the brand side, she shot for Hollister. I think I saw that she did, maybe it was Crate and Barrel or some furniture brand just recently, but she's all over the map. You never know what she's going to take a picture of next. She does these Maybe it's a, a bit of a side project. I, I know she loves it, but she does these in-home black and white sessions as well. So I never know the next picture I'm going to see that from her, but I know that it's going to be a really good photo. It's also fun to take her from behind the camera, put a mic in front of her face from time to time and go, hey, let's just talk about some of your journey. And so today we're doing that. I joked with her, I think before we hit record, that anytime I start a podcast, I ask her if she will be on because early in the first podcast I ever recorded and deleted from the internet, uh, Sarah was one of the guests. And so today is a much different conversation than the one we had years ago, but it was great to catch up with her and we'll, we'll jump in in one second. I did want to say thank you for connecting with the show, whether it's been through text message or dm on instagram if you haven't connected yet with undercurrents the one ask that i have is if you're on tiktok you can go look up undercurrents podcast i'm releasing some micro videos from these conversations this is a fun way throughout the week to engage you can go to youtube some of you have been watching there weekly we saw the numbers grow this last week or i did and that was cool so i released the shorts there and then on Instagram, if you look up Undercurrents Podcast, you can find find the, the videos there and hoping to develop maybe better conversations around these episodes in the future, but still catching my groove with how much time this all takes to produce and make happen. If there's a topic, if there's a question that you have after listening to one of these episodes that you'd want me to maybe investigate in the future, please, please reach out. I would that's one of the main reasons for starting this is to keep the conversation going. And if you're willing to go on this journey with me, even if we don't think the same way, thank you. And, uh, I want more conversation. I don't, this is not a, a podcast telling you how to think. Is there anything else that I need to say before we just go into it? And I don't think there is. So without further ado, here we go. Do you know who Richard Rohr is? Have you ever read any of his stuff? Love him. Love him. Okay. So I am subscribed to his daily newsletter and he had, or it's daily meditations thing. And he wrote this morning, he said, I hope my words written or spoken invite readers on their own inner journey rather than becoming a replacement for it. I think a lot of times content kind of feels like a replacement for actual, our own journey, right? You read somebody else's journey and you feel like you went on it. So I'm hoping this is almost more of like a prompt for people. They'll hear some of your journey, some of mine as obviously I'm just producing these episodes, but it's just a, it's a little prompt for people to actually go inward and do some work, not a replacement for it. So that's, that's the hope at least we'll see what it turns into. <laughs> I love that. I, I think that that's, uh, that's something, well, number one, I, I subscribe to that, uh, email list as well. So it's one of my favorite things. The interesting part about that is that I think it goes both ways too. Sometimes like in my own journey to what I'm learning and I want to share 
sometimes I, in sharing, it becomes the replacement for thinking that it's integrated in myself. And so I think that's, a, it kind of is on both sides. Like in listening, you think that like, oh, this is, it's, it becomes a replacement. And then in sharing, it becomes a replacement too. And I think on both sides, it's just the prompt to not displace the energy outward, but actually let it become something inside. You know? It's weird. Yeah. If you go in and this might just be per, a personality thing too, but for me, if I start talking too often, I go into, and this is probably my past to like teaching mode or wanting to ex, like showcase more than how, I, how much I've actually probably done. And I think mm-hmm. this is also a prompt, hopefully as it, as it just making it really low stakes, you can just be super like, I don't know, vulnerable, uh, not shiny in these conversations and not act like you're 10 steps ahead of where you actually are, which I know in the industries you've worked in, in things that I've done, I'm like, it's so easy to look shinier than you actually are and act like you have it more figured out than you actually do. So this is, the world probably doesn't need another podcast, but we do need more honest conversations and that's the thinking. I totally agree. And it was actually really funny because um, I've been, it's been something I've, I've been thinking about in the past couple of days because when I have conversations with people, a lot comes out and a lot that like, it's just that it's very much that um, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I didn't even know this was in me. And I think I, it coming from a background of a lot of teachers and preachers and all that sort of stuff, like I have that tendency to, to, want to just immediately jump into that role this type of format i think is honestly one of the best because this is this is where for me in my own life this is where i've learned the most is in conversations and in uh, a very heart-to-heart thing versus someone just coming at me and i listen to podcasts constantly i think that's where i learn the most too i might get this year wrong but what is it like 2014 when things kind of went crazy with you getting dizzy and like having yeah. okay so i if if it's if it is 2014 then what i wrote was basically sarah you're having a really good year you had just done the taylor swift stuff uh shooting for 1989 which is so funny now when you go back and look at like 2014 15 people's p- pictures are all based on that shoot if you like everyone <laughs> went into polaroid mode everyone was and now we're so far removed from it that polaroids are I don't know. They're just, they're everywhere. And you're yeah, like, oh, it started with that freaking Taylor and Sarah. <laughs> but so, so it's that it's, you're having a really successful year in your business. And then you essentially wake up and the room is spinning. So I want to go back to that if, if you want to, or if you're willing to, and just talk about what ends up happening in that season, going from good, I moved to LA, all of that to crap, life's kind of throwing stuff at me that I have a decision now and what, what right. am I going to do with it? Yeah. The juxtaposition of hitting one of the biggest moments of your career and then feeling like your body can't support you anymore within a couple months of each other um, is like really hard and moving to a new town at the same time and all the things. It would be hard and then I'd have like a moment of reprieve and then I'd have it be hard again. That was when my like journey of healing started was Mm -hmm. that. 
And if you, if anyone knows anything about healing, once you dive into it, it definitely gets worse before it gets better. There was definitely moments of like, oh, I feel amazing. I started doing inner healing sessions and therapy sessions and learning meditation and all this sort of stuff. And then, you know, it you see stuff and then you drop down lower sometimes because you're going down deeper. It was a weird time because it was like combining this new city to conquer and the pressure of what I had accomplished already um, then paired with like me not actually being able to even like be be with people. When I was around people, like I was just tired and I couldn't bring my personality and all the things that had helped me like get to where I was at kind of collapsed underneath me. All of the scenarios that were happening at that exact time were poking at all of the insecurities that I basically hmm. had ever had of, am I good enough? Am I, um, you know, like growing up homeschooled and not having a lot of like social interaction as often as other kids and all of that, then going into photo shoots and just feeling like such an outsider, even though me and my business partner, we were the ones running it. And I would still be like, ah, you yep. know, no one wants to talk to me. And I'm feeling. like, yep. where is this coming from? And it was weird. It was like something I had never really experienced because since I was 17, I was like, you know, on set, like running the show, like really, really like confident in that area. And then hmm. all of a sudden, all these things were challenged because I didn't have the energy and I, and that all just caused me to like fall inward which is the most important thing you could possibly do. And, and from that, that's, I think it's brought me to the most like beautiful place where I feel like more alive than I have ever felt. And um, even though like, I still have to really learn how to support my body because I can just grind and, mm -hmm. I think that's a big area that I just like now have learned like, oh, I, I just have habits and behaviors that, you know, I could stay up till 12 to four in the morning hanging and then have to turn around and work the next day and be creative and not eat consistently and travel and be on different time zones and all that. And so of course, if I'm wondering why I'm tired or why I'm whatever, but it's interesting because changing my internal side of things has really supported me because I, I actually still am in a place like health wise I was talking with my doctor recently and she's like whoa you're like adrenals and all that you're like so burned out how have you not like crashed and burned and she's wow. like do you have a lot of mood swings and all that I'm like no not at all like I am good and um and, but I think it's because internally and mentally, I support that the most. And so I at least have that going for me, you know, mm -hmm. regardless of the fact that I'm very bad at changing my actual like travel lifestyle, that's, you know, not, not very sustainable for a long period of time, especially have over, you, over COVID and all that. Have you played out in your head at all or thought about like, if you hadn't, hadn't moved to LA, do you yeah. think that that health stuff comes up in the same way like what would what would have changed for you or would did it did this kind of have to happen in order for you to start to take 
that inner journey seriously and look at, cause really this starts affecting like every part of your life. Yes. It's social. And clearly yeah. there's work stuff, imposter syndrome when you're in a new city and you're, you know, on bigger sets and all this different stuff. But I wonder if you've ever played that out and how you, cause now it's almost a gift. I mean, it's been like nine yeah. years. You can look back at it that way, but it definitely yeah. does not feel like that when it's, when something like that's happening to you. Yeah. Not in the moment. Definitely not. Like it's, it's so funny. I was talking with one of my friends who he just recently moved back to Nashville as well from LA. We both moved there around the same time, but we were both saying how you go to LA to die. You actually go to LA and it kills you. And it's a good thing. <laughs> and, um, and I think that's honestly like, yeah, I have, I have this perspective now in life that I, that I think has been really important. Um, and I think one that's missed out a lot of the time in healing is that moving through the whole thing to the point where you see it as a gift versus just staying in that place of being like, ugh, that was the worst. And, you know, you know, I just have to run away from it. Um, I think it's more so seeing it as I, I use the example a lot with when in conversations and all that, like, it's like going to a gym and not lifting any weights. If I want to, if I'm wanting to be strong, to be able to actually sustain life, like I need to work my way up with weights, heavier and heavier weights. I actually am given these hard situations is just like a heavier weight. That's all that it is. And to be able to view it that way. And of course, in the moment, it's still going to be painful. The pain is what's causing the change and the, and the, the vacuum for the change. Um, but um, in the end, I think being able to see it as like for what it actually is, is that it's just, it's, the, it's the strengthening, it's the, the growth, it pulls those things out of you that you never knew were there. And usually it's only that, uh, I don't think I would have, I think I would have stayed put. I, I've, I've like had that conversation with even my parents, like in going and working through you know, just different things that have come up with us, like from childhood and all that. And, you know, my mom just being like, Hey, I'm sorry about this or whatever. And I'm like, mom, here's the deal. One less thing, one less, like maybe situation that was painful. And I would still be in oblivion. Like I'd still just be like, la la la, I'm, I'm in pain, but I don't know what, you know, I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. But I think I just hit that point just enough to be like, oh God, this, I don't want this life anymore. This is not sustainable. And I have to find the change. And so it, yeah, it creates enough, the pain creates enough of a vacuum for the change, I believe. And that's, I don't, I think that there's some very unique scenarios that you don't have to hit that pain that people then start changing and growing and all that. But most of the time in my own life, it's been from pain. <laughs> yeah. Like where do you, where does it start taking, like, what did you start to question? What did you start to no. read up on? Cause yours comes from like more of the health side of things. And I know it's touching other stuff, but I'd love to start to kind of identify some of that journey. Yeah, that's a good question. And that's, that goes in on some stuff because okay. I would say that I, it made me stand on the other, like I, the only way I can describe it is that I was standing on one side of the street 
And now I'm standing on the other side of the street. I feel like I see everything from almost the opposite perspective. Ooh, and it's go in on crazy. that. Okay. It's <laughs> like <crazy>. give me <laughs> examples. <laughs> um, so like even what we were just talking about, where it's like the pain thing, you know, like we want to walk away from that. We're in torture from something and we put it on the outside of us. And it's like this other person's problem versus, okay, wait a second. What's that reflecting in me? If I'm just seeing this as the gym, it's for all of these things are here to build this, like my strength and build who I am. Even at this book that I read recently, she just talks about how you look at everything as symbolic. So everything is, is symbolic or everything's representing something for you. So if I'm just running away from the pain, I'm, I'm actually just running away from like my own growth or my own freedom or my own anything. And so I think even just in that perspective of like not walking away, which is the normal tendency, but actually walking into it. I think even just that idea has me through a lot of situations for me and a lot of beliefs and scenarios and every kind of area of life. It's the broader idea of just um, dogma. Dogma goes into all reaches of life within religion and politics and healthcare and all these areas like education. And I think the tendency is just to be like, well, this is what these higher people have said. And then I'm going to trust them. And they said it, so I'm going to go for it. When I started questioning that in my life, first in my, you know, uh, spiritual journey, I think one of the biggest things for me was like this idea of like, well, don't look out here. The devil's out here. And one of the biggest areas for me was it was the this whole idea of, well, if you're going to do yoga, don't uh, meditate during yoga um, because you could open the door for the enemy. And <laughs> some of our audience, they're like, oh, my God, I've heard this before. To some people, yeah. they're like, where yeah. did you grow up, Sarah? What what kind of what did you <laughs> So people are all over the map on that, but I'm, I'm with you. I've heard that. I've heard that whole, yeah. whole spiel before. Okay. Yeah. Keep going, keep and going. I would do it. I would like be you know, the very first yoga classes that I would do. I'd be like, okay, no, I'm just going to like pray during this time or whatever. And, um, the craziest part is in the like full circle of things. The biggest freedom that I've had in my life is meditation. And that's what's mm -hmm. brought the most healing. So it's crazy to actually realize like the number one thing that was told to me, like, don't do this because the devil, you'll invite the devil into your life, was the number one thing to bring me freedom. Okay, time out right there because did you hear what Sarah just said? I, oh my goodness, what a line. I have to call a break here because I need a minute as I'm editing just to resonate. There are things that you think are off limits that if you were to go explore, you'd find so much life there. And I've heard the story in church world before Sarah's bringing it up here that it's in meditation or sometimes it's in certain books 
I even like, let's make it a little broader. Let's not just say evil for a second, but think of the things that you said you wouldn't do. And then you did them. I didn't think I could run long distances. When I ran a marathon, I proved something to myself. I loved doing that. I told an ex-girlfriend of mine, I would never move or live in Texas. I lived in Texas for 10 years. That's where I ended up finding my wife and meeting her. Uh, I told my dad when I was in high school, I would never play guitar. When I ended up playing guitar every Sunday for almost a decade. There's things you say you're not going to do when you do them. You find something different, beautiful buried there. For me and my personal journey, evolving my thinking around how the church should respond to the LGBTQ community, becoming affirming was an invitation into looking at life from a vastly different, more inclusive, more beautiful point of view. And that's as simple and straight to the point as I can put it. Something that people told me theologically growing up was off limits, changed my heart my perspective. It brought me back to being open-handed with things that I should have been open-handed with all along. It put me in a place of admitting that I don't know everything. It brought me back into the present moment. Whew, that was a good line. So I want us to think about what she just said. The thing that I, I was told was evil was the thing that ended up providing me the most freedom. I don't know what that triggers for you. I don't know what that brings up for you, but for me, that's like the whole episode in a in a 15 second nugget right there. All right, let's go back to to my conversation with Sarah. In that I just started looking at every other part of life that I was like, "Wait a second. What other things are like this?" You know? And what other things are we just like well, everyone's said that this is the way that it is. And instead, like actually questioning it and being like, wait a second, why are they all saying that? And I've always been, my my tendency has always been to not like be, uh, like I, I didn't get like an, an, an Apple computer right when that was the big hype back in like 2007 or whatever. Like everyone Your creative side said I had to be different. I had to be- I literally had to be different. I was like, no, I'm getting a Dell. <laughs> And, you know, eventually I like broke, but I just can't do it when it's the hype. But I think that that has helped me as well, that perspective. But I think really having this thought of like, okay, the minute I see everyone just blindly doing something, um, I'm like, let's just talk about it. Let's just question things. Let's just turn things over on themselves in the past several years, like I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of different people on a lot of different perspectives of life and in all these different areas that I, I mentioned and everyone was fired up emotionally about it, whatever it may be, religion, politics, education, everything like that. They're so passionate about it. And then I would ask one question and they'd be like, well, I don't have time to study it. And yeah, like study well, it or try the, trying it is one also funny one. It's like, I, I get it because it's some of the stuff is like, let's use the meditation thing and just use that for, as an example real quick. If you think it's literally from the devil, then I understand in theory why you haven't tried it, but it's crazy how much of an opinion you can have about something without knowing anyone up close that practices it, that could tell you the benefits of it, that you could like, observe or to your point, like studying it, 
to me, I mean, being in church world, like for me, it was just like one having gay friends and then two having to live in a church experience where people were like welcoming of the gay community, but were not at all actually inclusive in any way beyond just high level, like pleasantries and being like, there's something really wrong here with the way that we're interacting and we're talking about stuff. And, and so then it's, there's all these theologies built up around it too. There's ways of thinking about it. There's, and like people get really passionate about their, their way of seeing the world without having any, like trusting their own experience even like that's. And so I really resonate with what you're saying on, on like standing on, I think the other side of the street, looking back and being like, Oh, weird. If you just, you do a 180." a lot of the things in my life that I said I would never do and I did were the best things that for me. Yes, truly, truly. And I, I, it's wild. It's like, it's, it really has like broken open my mind and also makes me check myself. If I'm super passionate about something, where does that come from? I started studying dogma and why we have these convictions when maybe it hasn't even resonated in our life or whatever, why we jump on bandwagons or groups of people that like all of a sudden we feel a part of or whatever. And it is a safety thing and it is an identity thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it makes us feel safe. And you actually like, there was this um, study that was done. It's one of my favorite books and I'm forgetting the name right now, but it, one of the chapters in it, I'll remember the name in a second, but one of the chapters in it is called fooled by expertise. And it's basically the idea that these experts can live in a echo chamber type of thing that then they don't actually see anything. They're not, they don't have the ability to see outside because they are just all like keeping each other in that realm. If you do look outside, the devil's there. Or if you do look outside, this is there. They don't mm-hmm. even want to go look. But one of the things that the studies that they were saying in there was that they offered experts in their field to hear opposing arguments to what they like firmly held. It was like two thirds of them. If to get paid to hear an opposing belief, they Two thirds said, no, they didn't even want to get paid to hear an opposing belief. And mm. so like that's like shows- even a step beyond confirmation bias because yes. you're yeah. getting paid to just hear another opinion, but yeah, yeah you have your feet yeah. so dug in, Yep. So that which dug becomes in. a challenge. I would think, and, and I felt this too, from the other side of the street, you walk over there and the first temptation is to go, I'm going to dig my feet in here. See how wrong my last worldview was. Well, now they're all wrong and they're all bad and everything that they're hundred percent, hundred percent. Yep. It really is. And I think that's the thing that I, so in that same chapter, they talk about this one guy who I'm like, this would be the most fascinating person to hang out with who he would like attend these, uh, you know, dinner parties or whatever. And he would express one thought process and one belief. And then the people would be like, well, what about this? And then he would argue the other side. And he would all, he was like constantly able to actually, he fully understood the full spectrum of of the situation and was able to actually argue for both sides. And so that is for me, I think, 
when I, I do allow myself to, I guess, have a stronger opinion on something is when I do feel like I've given myself the opportunity to fully, you know, understand the, the full argument. And could I argue both sides? I feel blessed now in having the upbringing that I've had in a very like conservative Christian upbringing and then going to LA, which is like the literal opposite experience. And so I have in an emotional way experienced both sides because in, in both of the closest scenarios in my life have had those sort of beliefs on both sides. And so I feel like I've been able to understand and learn and connect um, those areas in not just a educational way, but in kind of an emotional identity way too. And I think that's been really helpful. And that's why I've been thankful for like, versus like looking back and like, you know, seeing certain ways in Christianity or whatever, where it's like, oh, I can't believe they think that way. Like, I actually understand. I get it. Like when I was there, I couldn't see certain things the way I see them now. And so being able to have the grace in that, I think has been really helpful as well. Um, but you're right. I think it is about just like not digging your feet in on the other side and just being like, well, I'm right here. You know, it's yeah. just kind of like, I see it. I totally get it, you know? And, and it, uh, it's interesting because when you think of complexity, if you haven't seen the complexity of something yet, you probably shouldn't have a loud opinion on it, right? Everything's more complex than you think it is. And when you think is when you think something's simple, it's really easy. That's why the amateur has crazy opinions. You look at sports, people have crazy opinions on sports and what athletes should be doing, but they don't yeah. actively play at a professional level. And you're like, it's totally. mind blowing totally. to think that you could project and think you know better than someone who's actually in the arena. But it happens all the time because we, we get stuck in simplicity rather than moving into complexity. I do think there's this element to getting to the other side of the street and then what I've seen over and over again. And it's, it's so tempting for me too. like, look back at your past experiences and then go, man, why don't they get it? Or why, you know, whatever, what was handed to me was so harmful. And you have to walk through stages of grief with some of it. There's, I'm not discounting any of that. I'm just saying. I think a bit of it, I think a bit of it has been too, we have to forgive ourselves and let ourselves go. I still can't do that, Sarah. There's okay. Let's just get really, let's get really honest for a second. There are clips of me on the internet preaching sermons. I no longer believe. And there are, um, yeah, there's, there is an energy. I have the same same stuff. I have the same stuff online. (laughs) It's, it's rough. It, yeah. And, and what's hard about it is there's an internal shift. Like I think I've seen the gift in some of this the last three, four years. But there's, I would put it this way, the problem with changing your mind on something that people don't really like to talk about and that sits really wrong with me is it also changes the way that people that knew you like a, like a certain way, they can't relate to you the same way anymore. And you're processing yourself while other people are also like, what the hell has this person become? Thing that's shifting in you where you can't express it yet fully because you're on this journey of unknowing and unlearning and, and not understanding. And other people at the same time are encountering you in this weird, really vulnerable, mushy middle of things. 
where you just admitting that you don't know things anymore makes yeah. them super uncomfortable because they knew you a certain way for who knows how long. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's yeah. hard. It's hard. I it is it's been a challenge to me and as well like I think some some situations are more jarring than the other, you know, where it's I think there's these people that have these like radical changing thought perspectives and all that and they make a massive announcement right off the bat, you know? That's rough and, too. Yeah. Huh? That's rough too. There's been these like pastors or big musicians or whatever that have like, you know, were so prominent in the Christian realm. And then they make just a straight up announcement. Like I'm an atheist now. Sometimes people just do these blanket announcements too soon. Number one. I fully yeah. agree. Yeah. And I, cause I think it's like, they get really excited about like, Oh my God, I just see the world completely different. And it's like, yeah, integrate it. Let it become part of you. And let it become something that becomes kind of natural versus you just do the super 180. You have to honor and respect that platform still and help the people almost understand. Because if you do a 180, your actual, like the prefrontal cortex of people, you just go into a protection mode versus- It's fight or flight, for sure. You just trigger their entire box. Yeah, Yeah, you blew up their box. That's what's not good about it is imagine you've looked at the the world one way for we all do this like you've looked at the world the way your whole whole life you looked at the people in your life you've been able to put them in a box and yeah. then instead of going on a journey with someone you you just say something so now the entire way they view you is thrown into chaos and i'm guilty of that and sometimes but i will also say like one of the best things about the journey is going on it for yourself before you ever like i'm not trying to take anybody on my journey you're going on your own journey but then we're talking about it once we feel like you know there's been time and i kept wanting to say certain things and this is the i i will give myself credit for like just not saying anything for a long yeah. time i've yeah, been pretty really. quiet and i think that really is probably one of the better parts is just like, okay, there's a lot you could say. And if I had said it, I probably would regret it now. Like I've changed even more in the last year and I'll probably regret some of what we're talking about in like a a year from now. Right. But allowing yourself to see that before you come out and plant a flag in a new camp and like start trying to congregate people around the new thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I I think more it is just about like, and it goes back to literally the thing that you said at the very start of this is it's not making these like, stake in the ground statements at people. It's having that conversation and in conversation, there is a vulnerability and an openness that is just kind of like, Hey, like I think this right now, Mm -hmm. I could be wrong tomorrow. I could all of a sudden have some sort of awakening that causes me to see something in a completely different way. And so I think that has been my, my approach even in situations with people closest to me where it's like, I still currently, like I haven't set, like, I don't know where I land on certain things. There's certain things that rub me the wrong way now. Yeah. Um, and I, but I just don't know what I be- fully believe. So I'm not like, I'm, I'm just going to be having the conversations of like, well, what do you guys think about this? Like, why? Okay, wait, why? pause. Do you ever get the question when you say that as the response? Do you ever get the question back? Or or maybe this is what starts it. Like, wh- when will you like decide where you are? Or like people kind of want you to settle in a certain place. And yeah. to me, that's become like the most uninteresting topic. 
And I like if it took 100%. me 30 years in a certain space, like maybe it'll be the next 30 of me just being living in unknowing and that would be okay to me and kind of comfortable in a certain way. Like this is pushing back on all the stuff is, is a place in and of itself. I was just going to say that. I think that place is actually where I've settled, (laughs) I guess. That is the place because I think it needs, we, I think being in a place of always questioning and that go, that comes like even into my like art and all that, not ever settling as far as like knowing, oh, well, I'm a good artist now and I'm on my robotic, robotic journey of just this is the way it's done. Always, always evolving. It's been really crazy. At the start, I like woke up one day and I was like, so much of the Bible, I don't know what I believe about anymore. Mm. There was a lot that challenged me in my life that I just started, you know, questioning things and being like, why have I never thought of this? What's going on? And like a light bulb kind of went on. But I think that I I kept I kept questioning and I kept questioning. I actually see so much value to the Bible, but I'm still on a journey. I'm still on, like, I'm still like, I have no, I, I like, I, I just think that's actually the place to land is to constantly be questioning and to constantly, constantly be looking at everything as a mystery. I think Richard Rohr talks about this, but it's the yes. And mm-hmm. it's that yep. a lot of times both things are right. <laughs> it's the transcend you know? and include it's the yeah. Rob yeah. Bell, like the simple, complex, simple where yeah. you saw yeah. it one way before. I don't know. You, there's a lot in there, but yes, I, I definitely resonate with that. Like who's the villain and who's the victim? Well, the villain was a victim and then the victim becomes, you know, it's just like everything just becomes this. All of a sudden you just start seeing it all for what it, what its purpose is, I guess, in that it does cause it's, it's causing us to constantly wake up and go inward more and all that. And that's the ultimate, I think, goal. I love the picture that you were saying earlier of kind of imagining that it's all a gym and this next experience or the person that may might rub you the wrong way. Like it's actually an invitation to essentially look in the mirror and go, what is, what is this in me that it's irritating or frustrating? I wonder though, as you've changed your mind on things or there's been an evolution of thought, like how has that Cause even if you're doing it in a, a way where you're not coming out and making a pronouncement, which I've never seen from you, maybe I missed it, but there's not like, this is some massive, and I'm just going to tell you exactly how I feel now. I I'm not super interested in that. Uh, but when you're doing that, like there's, there's a, an unpeeling or appealing that's happening. And as that's like your relationships are impacted. So I do wonder like, how have you experienced that or navigated that with people that have been close to you for a long time? It can be different relationship to relationship, but I mean, we can both share on this one too. Cause I don't want to like, just put you on the spot and ask you to be super yeah. vulnerable. But. No, I, I like that question. I like that question because I do feel like it actually, I don't, um, I think having in my life, a very set way that I treat people and I, that I respect people and all of that. So it's like, whether I change my beliefs or not, 
like it doesn't really matter. My my the way I engage with people is always going to remain the same. And so has that always it, been true for you or has that been part of waking up? Part of waking up. And that was actually something that very early on in leaving Chicago, that was one of the first like eye-opening things was, oh my God, it was so judgmental. If people wore bikinis or if people dated or, you know, whatever it may be, like there was just the level of, I am better than you. Um, I just don't look, if I ever catch myself thinking that I'm better than someone, even based on what maybe I have more knowledge of than they do, it's not true. I think one of the perspectives that I've heard a lot recently, which I just think is put so beautifully, but it's like, if I was, if I had the exact same set of life experiences that this person did, would I be able to do any, any better? Mm. You know, I think that based on my experience that I could, but that's my experience. And so I'm holding them to my standard versus like, they have so many different experiences and blocks and pains and hurts and all that sort of stuff that they just simply like, I could not have seen this a day before I saw it. I tried, I was wanting to heal. I was wanting to see, I was wanting, I was wanting to not be in pain anymore, but I couldn't rush it. And so it's like, when you see, you see. And until you have the tools in place and you don't necessarily, I didn't know how to find them. They just kind of like found me at that exact moment because I was so desperate for it. And so I think I then just end up having grace for all these situations where it's like, that's the path that they're still current, that they're on right now. It doesn't make me any better because I think one of my my biggest frustrations within the church was like the question of like, well, how strong of a Christian is that person? Like, oh, I'm really interested in this person. Well, are they a strong Christian or like, you know, what's their level? Mm-hmm. And I, that is the thing that I had to like throw off first is like, there is no, I cannot look at myself as like, oh, I have, you know, the, the, you know, I've won in the enlightenment. Area. Oh, what a Western view, right? This happens in meditation and it happens in, yeah. there's a temptation to, look at the other side, but then there's a temptation to look at what's the, what's the way that I get first place in this way of belief? Like, what's the way that I'm going to prove that I'm, you know, spiritually superior or non-spiritually superior in that's, yeah, there's that in every way. I love, I love what you're saying. I think the interesting piece for me has been, how do you, the only way I know I'll use Christian language to say it, but how, how do you essentially tempt people towards evolution, like personal evolution and, and allowing people get the space to go on their own journey, but also knowing that you play a part by how you show up. And that's where the integrity piece does come into me, getting that alignment to where you're going, I'm showing up in every space as the same version, which whether it was on purpose or not, there was a lot of showmanship for me growing up as like my parents being professional Christians, essentially that what they didn't have to say it, but I knew like I had to show up in a certain way in order to, so then you're going, well, right from the very beginning, right? There's this baseline integrity that that it can't stand on because you're presenting shiny when in reality, like what's going on under doesn't 
fully support that and is like rotting underneath. And as a kid, I didn't, you know, you're just, you're just building your life. However. So I think that's been a big part of the process is going, if I'm honest in every situation to the best of my ability, like, and this is the, the biggest struggle for me, Sarah, is how do I always live in, in that alignment? Um, but I think like once you're doing that, that's probably the best way to tempt people towards their own journey. Yeah, I totally agree with that. The one thing in learning so many new things and waking up to so many new things is this desire to like go, just want to go teach it. And instead I was like, what if I don't displace my energy outward like that to make myself feel a certain way about this? Like I all of a sudden, because I'm teaching it, I feel like I'm that way versus actually like, that's why like that whole quote of those who can't teach do, or sorry, those who don't, who can't do teach when people haven't integrated in their life, but then they can just go teach it and they understand it, you know? But um, I think I want to become a master at these things and I want it to become part of my life so that it, that is what's doing the talking is like people being like, what is going on? If people come to me and ask me, I will talk about it. But I otherwise, I'll let little things out here and there. But I think it's just kind of still like, I just want to integrate it into my life. And I think that's the most authentic place that I can be at for myself. Man, I feel that. And it's that's the biggest struggle with, like I podcast for a living, but I don't talk about myself, right? So then this, starting this is like a chance to go, okay, well, you can talk about some of this stuff but the way you show up, and I think we're going to see this a lot in younger people getting, as they're getting older, they look at people that seemingly like, oh, here, just do these whatever things. And then you're going to, you know, have whatever you, whatever your desired success looks like, like these gurus kind of, we see a lot of the gurus just falling because there's not coming at it from that place. Once you're even if it's a projection, like projecting, like you've arrived, mm-hmm. it's just, it's lost total interest to me. Um, and so yeah, that's, to do with it. <laughs> you're speaking, you're speaking to the heart of where I, like, I want this to come from is just people sharing their experience, but also just going like, this is where my current struggle is. Cause I think that's, that's a big thing for me. This is actually a good way to get myself in alignment is to say something publicly where I think people that knew the old me, people that know the current me, people that are going to know like, this is sort of where I'm at right now is in this conversation with Sarah and the things that I say, anyone can listen to and like, welcome to alignment, Benji. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's so, it's so true. Even to hear yourself talk about it, then you're like, Oh, interesting. You know, like what, how forthcoming were you? How, like, what did you hide behind in that conversation? What did you project? Like you, you knew when you didn't actually know, or you haven't integrated yet, but you want to, right? The other thing that came up when you were saying integrity and having that honesty was it's even, and I don't know if this is a church specific thing or like in our case, both of our parents, you know, were pastors, but there's a, a trigger moment of going, okay, I just believe different than my parents now. And I'm willing to be public in the way that I, I'm just, I'm just my own person. I don't know if that was a thing for you, like coming into yourself and your views, or did you feel okay? Like in your own being independent in that way? Cause that's, I think that's the journey I'm on too, is 
I'm differentiating from everyone and I'm okay. It's okay for me to, for Benji to stand over here and not like get this approval because I can project like I'm similar to you. Because it's such an ongoing journey of, of where I'm landing. I think there's just, there's definitely moments where things will come out that I'll be like, ah, but no, this is, this is it. This is how it, this is, I think the way that it really is. And I want to stay authentic to that. I think it's just letting go of the need for my identity to be these different things that I believe or don't believe. Part of that is releasing that side of things because it did shape for both of us. That was like, it was the core of our identity. It's not who I am anymore to shape myself that way. I could believe the exact same things or I could not, but it's just not about that anymore. And I think, I don't know if that answers your question. So I think there's a layer, this is how I've been thinking about it. I think there's a layer deeper. It's funny because growing up, belief was the deepest thing. But I actually think knowing essentially the values that you live from or are choosing to live from is a pretty, you kind of touched on it earlier a little bit with the honesty piece, but it wasn't ever communicated quite like that. Like what, what's the baseline that I'm living from? And for someone like me, it's taking my adult life to go inward and try to be in touch with my heart versus what I project in like all those things. I values have been really important to me because it's like, okay, like beliefs have clearly for me fluctuated over the last few years and I'm still in flux. And they like, because I love to question, there's a whole list of questions, right? When I started to go deeper into values and be like, what's the type of person that I want to be regardless of where I, what room I show up in or, you know, what I'm questioning right now, I can sort of live in alignment to like the type of person I, I would like to be to the people around me for myself. Like that creates a level of integrity. Who are you living into? I wonder like, do you sense that like deeper version or, or this, and also values can very much be a me thing because of how not in touch Benji was with his heart. So like totally, (laughs) totally reject what I just said, but like, what's been that deeper level for you kind of that you like live from? That's a really, really good question. And I would say that I like, mm, I, I guess I don't, I don't spend a ton of time thinking about that. I would, I, I guess. love it. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> not being like me. It's great. It's awesome to talk to people. That are it might different. be in a different language. It's just about the way that I've always acted. There's like, there's a, there's like a Sarah. And then there's certain parts of me that I feel the most myself and the most loving and the most giving and all of that. And then there's these things that come through that block that. And so I just, I guess I focus a bit more on like, how can I clear these things out to just naturally let this version of Sarah just come out, you know, whatever that looks like. So you're focused on what's blocking it, but you kind of know there's like this stuff in you. Yeah. For me, it's the opposite. It's like, it's less like, I don't think... Well, it's probably a both and, right? But like what's happening in here, I don't fully, obviously I want to live in integrity and like honesty and and be the same version of Benji everywhere. But 
there's a lot of times where I'm like, what do I really feel about this regardless of the things going on out here? So identifying those things, choosing consciously, and then tweaking over time, right? This doesn't resonate with me anymore, whatever. But in general, I want to live into like this conversation is a byproduct of me saying growth is a value that I'm going to live from, right? Mm -hmm. So then like, what's the growth mechanism in a sense that's going to cause that? It's like these types of conversations do that for me. So I lean into that. But for a long time, it was like very haphazard. It's like, I, I, I tell people I'm creative, but like what in my life is proving to myself that I'm creative or so that's, it's an interesting, like a way of thinking about it, but I like how you said it too. Cause I think there's clearly those like blockages that just get in the way from true self. When I'm feeling amazing. Yeah. I can just then focus on like, Oh wow, I feel incredible. And then I, then you incredible things come from that. So I'm not always just focusing on the negative, but I do feel like there is, especially in this past season, it really has been a lot of like, when I'm in those moments where usually the normal Sarah would come up and it's not, mm. I will then be able to then, you, I'm, I have like tuned myself now into knowing what is coming up. It's like, oh, weird. Okay. Jealousy came up. Oh, rejection came up. Oh, whatever. Why did that come up? And so then that's, my mechanism for going in and getting at these things. So that, then I can just go back to this space. And also though, at the same time on the other side, spending time, especially in meditation, feeling like that highest version of myself and practicing mm. that feeling um, because that is the most authentic place for me. And then all of my values come out of that. You know, if I'm acting in that most, most authentic way, it is, so naturally these things come out the way I treat people, the, uh, the clarity on what I believe, seeing things clearly because I'm not in any sort of fight or flighter if I'm in my highest self. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's more what I focus on a bit is yep. that. It may, no, that makes, it makes a lot of sense. And practicing yeah. it is, is probably the part where it overlaps for me. Meditation has been helpful, but also the severity of my ADD, which I've heard a great meditation teacher talk about, like the people with ADD are actually probably can become the best at meditation because you're constantly having to bring yourself back into the here and the now. Um, so I, I definitely feel that, but I think the, the way that like meditation has looked for me right now is knowing what those sort of values are and then taking time to meditate on those things, like questioning because I love to question what that version of Benji, like the highest growth version of Benji or someone that like, if I want to be someone with an abundance mindset, what does that person Mm -hmm. show up as taking time to sit in that? Then you like find yourself living into it more often. And so getting at the same thing from maybe slightly different places, but I love hearing how you're getting at that. That's awesome. Yeah. That, um, I, that's mainly the type of meditation that I was doing to, uh, that really kind of changed everything for me was yeah. uh, Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Yes. Um, he, what book did he write? The How to Change he, Your Brain? Um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. That's it. I read that, and I think then, maybe on your recommendation. It's a great really? book. Really? Yes. Yeah. It, it's amazing. That's like kind of honestly what started my whole like evolution into everything. 
um, with that, but he has these meditations that parallel with that book. And one's like, they're, they're both like an hour and 15 minute long meditations or whatever. And I was doing them every single day for like a month on end. It has you actually comb through your life and watch the areas of your life that just are not in alignment. So you acting a certain way or whatever. And then you watch then in that same, you keep watching that and then you replace it. Well, how do I actually want to be acting? But it's cool because during that, I think I had learned other modalities of, of healing that when I started seeing those behaviors in that meditation, I would then even see like, okay, well, why was that a behavior there? And I kind of went in on the healing part of it or like, oh, I'm acting out that way because of this in childhood or whatever. And so I would sometimes even press pause and kind of process that, let that come out energetically and then reprogram it with uh, this new behavior. So yeah, it's really, it's awesome that Joe Dispenza stuff has been so helpful. Yeah. I, I probably should go back and read that book again, you know, when something hits you that it was a great book, but I think it also hit me in a time of, uh, it's probably like close to when I was feeling the most anxious and like depressed and yeah, it was yeah. not the right time for it just because we hadn't quite, you. at least obviously I'm going to bottom out again at some point, right? We always do. But at that, I wasn't quite at the bottom yet. So there was yeah. just not, it didn't hit quite the way that like it probably yeah. would hit now when I have some of these like values established in the ways like I know how I want to show up. Right. Yes, and- exactly. The, it's more clear and all that. And I do have to say, I, I struggle, like I am undiagnosed, so I don't know what I actually have, but it's, I have either ADD or ADHD fairly bad. And so uh, it's probably from my lifestyle more than anything, <laughs> but honestly, the amount of that brain chatter yeah. is so beyond. I started with a type of meditation that I just was like, really, this, this cannot, I can't get into this at all because I can't calm that down. But it's actually your brain is a, is a muscle. And the more we train, it comes down more and more. And it's so helpful now. Wow. Well, this has been a really fun conversation. Yes, absolutely. I've loved it. I think the uh, the gym analogy, definitely something I'm going to be thinking about after this. I totally resonate with the street and just flipping the 180 and then being like, oh God, what do I do over here? How I, I see everything is so different now. Like that's, that's that adds good language for people. But uh, man, thanks for, thanks for chatting for a while, Sarah. This has been really Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. I've really, really enjoyed this. I don't get to do that often as far as these sort of conversations. So very thankful for it. Well, that's it for this episode. If someone that you know would uh, would like this conversation, maybe you could text it to them. That would mean a lot to me as I'm working to get this podcast off the ground. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, again, even for sharing it, that, that means the world. If you want to put it on social, maybe that's another way to tell a bunch of friends, just a little you know, story share or something. Okay. Don't forget, the best way to live is to look for what we have in common, not for how you're right. The best way to live is open-handed, ready to evolve, and ready to learn. And then finally, not shiny, but oh so bright. Cheers, friends.